Uh, yeah, welcome in. Welcome back to another episode of Format Podcast. It's Wednesday, midweek, college football season, so you know what that means. Joining us tonight on the show will be official Format Podcast college football analyst Ryan Langford to give us his take on what's going on, talk about the main stories in the sport that he loves so much and we all love so much, and of course, talk about the week that was and the week to come. But before we get to that, you know what time it is. If you're here on YouTube and you haven't already, please click that subscribe, that like, and that notification bell if you want the audio-only version of the podcast. Open up your audio podcast platform, hit the search bar, type in the format podcast, and we should come right up. You can subscribe right there. If you enjoy the content, please give us that five-star review or give us that thumbs up. And uh, make sure you leave a comment, whether that's on your audio platform or on YouTube. All that stuff helps us rise in the algorithm, helps us find more sports fans, helps more sports fans find us. Now let's get right to it. Bruce, Ryan Langford, the Format Podcast, college football. Let's go. And here we go. Of course, back on uh, another episode of Format Podcast is my main man, Ryan Langford, former. We going to go through the thing. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely former fighting the line eye. That's why we love to ask him those questions about the Big Ten. And of course, former Indianapolis Colt, former Saskatchewan Rough Rider, former Ottawa Red Black, former uh he's got one more in there somewhere. I can't Win- remember it. Yeah. Winnipeg, Winnipeg Blue Bob and BC yep, Lion. There we go. There we go. So Ryan, Ryan knows his football, and that's why we have him here. We love to talk to him and, and get his take on things, man. How you doing, bro? Mm-hmm. I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Outstanding. Outstanding. Great to have you back as always, man. But uh, let's get right to it, man. So <clears throat> um, normally, uh, if, if you're here and you're, you're listening to the show or you watch on YouTube every week, normally we kind of start with a wrap up of the previous weekend's games. But I think we kind of uh, push that back a little bit. The first thing we want to get to um, last night, uh, well, depending on when you're listening, but last night, which would be um, Tuesday, the 31st, Halloween the college football playoff released their first uh, official rankings of the season. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Definitely got some results I didn't expect, but when you break them down, I kind of got an idea uh, more of how they ended up where they ended up. So I can't be, you know, too upset about it. Um, Mm -hmm. So we can uh, uh, take a look at those real quick. And I, I think, I think it's really interesting uh, the way those shook out. And obviously a lot of people uh, didn't expect for uh, Ohio state to end up being um, number one in, in the right. first ranking. What did you think of that? Um, I was a little shocked too. Um, I think I thought Georgia or, or someone else, um, but mm-hmm. Ohio state's playing great ball. You know, Ohio state looks good. They're a program. Um, but I, I don't know if one was there. Now, it's also, to me, it's still kind of early, right? There's yes. still some big games on the schedule. There's still Absolutely. some games. There's still some things that can happen where, you know, it could it could get shaken or switched up. But um, they made it they made it interesting by making them number one. Yeah, they absolutely did. And I don't know if prior to that being released, I would have thought of them as number one. But um, they have a couple of the best wins in the country. And obviously, they... They beat Notre Dame literally at the last second mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. about a month, month and a half ago um, at Notre Dame. That was a big win. And mm-hmm. of course, they also they beat Penn State in that uh, in that defensive slugfest, which I, I got to say, um, in this era of football, sometimes it's nice to throw back and see those great defensive matchups because, you know, those are 
like we talk about, those are a function of physicality and enforcing right. your will. And also the chess match, you know, who's going to make the mistake or who's going to be able to make the play offensively that's going to crack through uh, the, the defense of the opposition. So it was kind of cool to see. So Ohio State um, had two of the biggest wins of the year. And I guess, at least for this first ranking, it makes sense to kind of stick them where mm -hmm. you stuck them. Um, mm -hmm. Georgia. I don't know how I felt about Georgia at number two. I'll just give my quick thoughts about that, and then you can you can go. Um, you know me. <laughs> Excuse me. I always talk about the SEC bias, and mm -hmm. I think Georgia has a strength of schedule of like 108th in the country so far. Mm -hmm. They haven't really played much of anyone. Um, I think they're getting a lot of credit, obviously, for being the defending national champion. Um, still a very mm -hmm. good team. We know how good they are. But mm -hmm. should they have been number two? in the college football playoff rankings? I actually thought they were going to be one, personally. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's early. And I think I also don't put a lot of weight on the first ones going out because mm -hmm. uh, there is a lot of games left. Georgia still has a decent schedule that they got to go against. Uh, Missouri, Ole Miss, Tennessee, um, those are going to be some games that are – hopefully should test them um, and really see where it's all going to, going to pan out in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is going to be interesting, especially depending on who ends up coming out of the SEC West. Got a huge mm -hmm. showdown this week, um, Alabama and LSU, I think it's in Tuscaloosa. And yep. so, you know, both of those teams would likely be a, a very stiff test in the AFC, uh, AFC in the um <laughs> right in the SEC championship game against what's likely going to be Georgia. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure it's going to be Georgia. I don't think anybody could catch them at this point. But uh yep. that's going to be a very stiff test, so uh definitely should be interesting and that leads to another interesting situation we'll get to later where if LSU can run the table here, can they be the first team to get in? with two losses so mm. we'll come back around to that um mm. okay so michigan uh ranked number three and as i understand it one of the things i listen to a ton of college football stuff i'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure you're aware of that but one of the things that that i heard is that um the, the committee kind of looks at this game control metric which is basically you know style points how much you dominate your opposition and mm -hmm. michigan has utterly and completely done that now that said we just talked about Georgia having, I think, the one away strength of schedule in the country. Uh, Michigan mm -hmm. is one eleven, so mm -hmm. they haven't played mm -hmm. anyone yet, but they have a very strong end to the season. I think they still have, uh, they still have Penn State, they still have Maryland, of course, they still have mm -hmm. the game with Ohio State. So, mm -hmm. if they can get through that unscathed, then I can't see how they don't end up being number one in the final college football playoff poll. Um, your thoughts? How good is Michigan? Uh, do you think that they are ranked correctly in this opening poll? And do you think even with everything that's going on up there, you think they have a, a legit chance of winning national championship? Yes. Um, I, I really agree with everything that you just said, what they got left, um, how that can kind of shape and, and really prove who they are as a team. Um, I think also, which, which we always overlook is that the belief, right. In that locker room, especially with all the negativity that's going around right now with, the alleged play calling and all those things. There's a, there's a, as a, as a former player, I know that there's, that's a little extra glue, a little extra something to kind of um, come together and play. So it's going to be interesting how it shapes up. I think 
Um, they do have a pretty decent schedule. And, and if they do come out on top, no question, they should be number one team in the country. Um, so with that said, Michigan, outstanding team so far, been completely dominating the opposition. How much of it is this lack of properly being tested early in the season? And how much of it is they're that good? Because obviously, you know this, when you're playing a team that's not as good as you, they're doing what you're supposed to do to a team that's not as good as you. But mm-hmm. where are you in terms of that balance of, okay, they're playing nobodies versus they're really, really good, and that's why they're able to do this? That's a great question. Um, and I think it, it it comes down to how they're showing up on film. I think you can always have the pitch of – strength of schedule. I think that mm-hmm. that is a certain metric that you got to, you got to measure. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think um, how the team plays together, you know, that type of, are they dominating in all phases um, week in, week out? Are they putting up big points? Uh, and I don't have their exact numbers right now, but I do know the games that I have watched Michigan, they play very, very well. Um, they seem physical, uh, they're mm-hmm. powerful. I mean, they they, they yeah. make plays when I need to make plays, and mm-hmm. um, if it comes down to a to a chess match game, they can win those. I mean, they got good play callers. That it seems like they know how to move the ball, how to how to do what they need to do to win games. Clearly, I mean, if they're they haven't lost one yet, right, right. So, um, let me ask you this: So, we we look at Michigan and we we see what they are able to do. Do you find it interesting that? We have teams in Michigan, in Ohio State, in now Oregon to a lower level Utah, teams that are really building in the SEC model to be able to compete with that in in the event that they should, you know, get an opportunity at the playoff. Do I see them? Is your question they're trying to play like SEC teams or what do you what do you think? What do you well, 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 play play like them as well as build teams in in that model uh in terms right. of physically in terms of body style because for instance yeah. Oregon right even when mm-hmm. they were under Chip Kelly and they were kind of at their best they they didn't look like this Oregon looks right mm-hmm. like I did mm-hmm. hear that Chip Kelly looked for certain measurables on his defensive tackles and I, I get that defensive mm-hmm. tackles mm-hmm. can't be small guys but for the most part there were a lot of small slim scat back type guys you know um mm-hmm. quick receivers really mm-hmm not super bulky, but Dan Lanning has done the opposite. Him obviously coming from Georgia and him building his team in the model of SEC in terms of body type and the Mm -hmm. play style. Um, Do you think that's kind of interesting that we're seeing teams all over the country really trying to follow that model now in order to have success? Yes. Um, And I think it's deeper than the model. I think it's more so the coach's philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, a new coach comes in, he's going to bring in his assistant coaches. He's going to bring in the strength staff that he wants. And usually that strength staff is going to resemble the type of play that you guys want to have. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Zook came in when, when I went to Illinois, we had Lou who we, who we love Lou and we did a lot of power lifting and we were mm-hmm. that bigger team coming from the university of Florida, from right. the SEC mentality. Right. We, we had players, we were recruiting high. We had that look. Now, could we have, Played in the SEC, I'm gonna say absolutely we could have. That's what I'm gonna say because because I, I was there. Right, um, right, but right. you know, obviously we don't know. Later on, Tim Beckman came in. Beckman came from the MAC, different type of ball at that time, right? Mm-hmm. So more 
zone screen, just a little bit different, different type of body started then coming into the program because of his philosophy and how he wanted to do things. Right. Um, So I think that philosophy really comes into play and how they're recruiting. And then again, we got to add in the transfer portal. People can come in and out immediately and that's going to add a new level of things too. So Mm -hmm. philosophy, the freedom, um, and that's kind of what success is looking like, right? Football, Mm -hmm. that's the kind of the model teams that are, are making it to win the national championship and sending guys to the NFL. So I think that's why Mm. you can kind of feel that shift, if you will. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And it it didn't even occur to me that you would have played for Ron Zook. Um, And it's funny because now that you say that, it makes me think about when Urban Meyer got to Ohio State. And don't get me wrong, Ohio State is obviously, you know, they've Mm -hmm. been uh, one of the elite programs for a long time now, but he also – change that body type, change that, you know, that, that style of play, obviously mm-hmm. coming from the SEC and having recruiting inroads down there and all that and grabbing those type mm-hmm. of guys and that type of strength and conditioning program. So yeah, no, nah, I, I mm-hmm. totally get it. Totally get it. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then the game changes over time. Players are changing. Like the, the type mm-hmm. of player that's coming out of high school this year mm-hmm. is could be drastically different than the type of high school players that were coming out when I was playing right. just technology training. There wasn't a lot of seven on seven. There wasn't a lot of this film. There wasn't a lot of getting personal trainers. Now some guys were doing it, the elite ones, but now it's become the standard, which is pr- right. producing a different athlete, producing a different game and changing the scope of football. There's no targeting back in the day, right? Now right, they're doing right. that to protect people because athletes are getting better. People are mm-hmm. training and the game is, is shifting. Um, in my mind, <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Um, personally, I think the uh, the targeting is that whole, you know, air yeah, on the no, side yeah. of safety, <laughs> and you know, because if you notice, every time there's a big hit, like a flag comes out, and it's like, yeah, it's, it it's might have just been, it, yeah, it might have just been a clean big hit, but like you know, I think they're taught, you know, big hit, throw the flag. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it is mm-hmm. what it is. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, going through, um, I'm gonna run through the rest of the rankings. Um, okay. And then I'll kind of ask you if if there's any that uh, surprised you. So, all right, let's start from one. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Washington, Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Penn State, Missouri, Louisville, LSU, Notre Dame, Oregon State, Tennessee, Utah, UCLA, USC, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Tulane, Air Force. Mm. Okay. Anything Air stand Force. out to you? <laughs> Air Force. That's I actually didn't know Air Force was up there. Yeah, they, they're one of the they, best. Are they undefeated? They're undefeated this year. They I might believe be so. Still. I believe they're yeah. still undefeated. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so they're nothing, looking at they're keeping on going. They're looking at a New Year's Six. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, nothing really. And again, it's still in my mind still right. early. It right. still can be oh, some yeah. movement. You know, some someone do two goose eggs out there don't win a game that could flip the whole thing around you know so um it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting some good football and some good games Mm -hmm. lined up towards the end that are gonna that are gonna yeah um, hope it all the weight of the weight of the game is is gonna be more or less because of what the what standings are doing right so um i think I, i find it interesting how much respect that the committee seems to have for oregon um oregon is i guess the highest ranked one loss team at number six, and they've got them ahead of Texas, which, 
I thought it was really interesting because most people are saying that Texas had the best win of the season going into Tuscaloosa and handily mm -hmm. beating Alabama. So mm -hmm. that was interesting. And then I also found it interesting. Texas is two spots above Oklahoma when they lost to them head to head. I, I would think that head to head should yeah. be the ultimate indicator ranking wise, you know, until they play again, if they play again in the, uh, in the right. big 12 championship game, but there's no way in my estimation, you got two seven and one teams, one beat the other team X beat team Y team. Y mm -hmm. should not be ranked ahead of team X. That's just my take. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm I a agree. simple man, <laughs> but I, um, agree. I yeah. agree. And I don't know how they get all. I don't know how that's why I'm not on the committee. Right, I don't know right. exactly how it works, how, yeah. what it comes down to. Cause maybe they are looking play by play, you know, like pound for pound kind of mm -hmm. thing. But um, in your same analogy, you know, why should, should, should be winning, you know, why shouldn't be mm -hmm. let less than X if, if Y won, you know? Right, so, right. um, yeah, it's, it's, it's still, it's still early, like we said, but it's, oh yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get some of the hierarchy things as well. Yeah. And, and I think, um, I complain about this every year. I think, so me being, um, former military, I'm a big fan of standardization. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of the reason that they don't do that is because they want guys like us to be sitting out here on all these shows and putting out the stuff on YouTube and debating their decisions and just bringing right. attention and, and eyeballs to the sport of college football and, right. and to their moves in terms of how they order this thing. Not saying that they aren't legitimately attempting to get what they believe are the best teams in position to play for the championship. But mm -hmm. I, I think that they love the fact that, you know, we're going to sit here and debate it and talk about it. Furthermore, if right. you set a bunch of concrete rankings and say, listen, A, B, C, D, if these things happen, then this is how it right. shakes out, which I right. would, I'm a big proponent of that. But, right. you know, this is not the NFL, right? Right. Um, <laughs> it is not. Yeah. So we got LSU Tigers. One of, They're an interesting team. Very, very good offensively. Got a Heisman quarterback, um, Heisman uh, Trophy contending quarterback, uh, Jaden Daniels. And they are what number 14 here. There are two lost teams. Mm -hmm. So what mm -hmm. I find interesting is we've never had a two loss team play in the college football playoff. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is the final year, obviously, of the four year thing. And we've mm -hmm. never had a two loss team. But let's just say LSU runs the table and wins the SEC. I think they're going to get in as a two loss team just due to the amount of respect that the SEC garners with uh, the, the committee, which. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into my uh, I'm not going to get on my soapbox about that. But mm -hmm. what do you mm -hmm. think about that? Should LSU run the table? Should a two loss team be able to get in? Because in my estimation, a better one loss team is going to lose out if that happens. Right. Right. Um, well, I th they probably would get in. Um, I think on. That's a good point. Yeah. And uh, winning the SEC championship. Now they might they might not get in. It's really going to depend what else happens too, you know. Because can I put my conspiracy theory hat on here? Yep, do it. I don't think there's any way, any way, an SEC champion does not make the college football playoff. Why? Because it's broadcast by ESPN, and ESPN owns the SEC network. Right. There's you know, most we, of the time SEC champion is is. Yeah, no doubt. Usually up for yeah. one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, no question, you know no I mean? question, no question. But the other part of that, and this is something I've been paying attention to over the years, have you ever noticed how 
the SEC teams get positioned so that you have as many of them as high as you can so you can justify putting teams where you put them by saying, well, they beat all these ranked teams, blah, blah, blah. And all those teams are not always as good as they get ranked. Now, this is me being a conspiracy theorist again, but this is something that I've noticed <laughs> over the years. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if I agree with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I got to pay closer attention to it now because um, I guess right. in my mind, I'm, I always just view it as 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 what it is. And SEC historically mm-hmm. has always had great football. That's just yes. that's, that's just what what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the years when SEC teams are down, for example, Alabama this year, LSU, you know, is not the historic LSU that we've seen. Alabama's not the historic Alabama that we've seen. Mm-hmm. They're still great teams. You know, yeah. you play them against any other team, let's say that's not in the SEC, and they'll got a real win. Good chance. They'll dominate. You know what I'm saying? They got a real. You know, that's that's just what it is in my mind. I, I see. I don't. I don't know if I buy into it to that level. But we're not. We're not going to fall into the. <laughs> SEC versus college football (laughs) rabbit hole. Correct, correct. So you did mention Bama, so let's go ahead and talk about them. How dangerous is Alabama? Mm -hmm. We, you know, what is it? uh, uh, Reports of the demise are greatly exaggerated or or whatever that quote is. How dangerous is Alabama's? I think you have to always assume that they're dangerous, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, obviously, this is not the Alabama that has been around that historically we're used to. Um, being up there at the top four, you know, thinking of undefeated season, all those kind of things. Right. Um, and that happens, right? Every team, it, it, it happens, you know. Um, now they still have a chance to save, I guess, quote unquote, save the season. You know, they got some big games. Got some, they got LSU coming up. That's going to be a huge game, naturally. Um, but I think they're, they're a good team. They're a good team. And, I, and I'm a big Nick Saban fan because I know, you know, how I feel like I understand how he coaches and the perspective that he he comes from, um, but then it's still about the players making plays. And this year, the you know the guys that are on offense and defense are not as strong as historically Alabama has been under Nick Saban. Yeah, I think a big part of the difference, and that's a great point by you, but I think a big part of the difference is that they went through a run, maybe like a six to year, six to eight year run of just pumping mm-hmm. out elite wideouts, elite wideouts, mm-hmm. elite wideouts. Mm-hmm. And this year, you know, obviously you got to be a certain level just to play for Alabama and start for them. But mm-hmm. this year their receiving core isn't quite the same as it was, right? I mean, right. think about it. Right. You've Amari Cooper to Calvin Ridley to um, uh, Julio Jones and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, what's my man's name? Uh, Jalen Waddle and uh, mm-hmm. Jameson, uh, like yeah. just – Receiver after receiver, um, uh, Devontae Smith, you know, just re- yep. elite receiver after elite receiver. Rugs and all, well, uh, we don't want to bring up Rugs because we know what's to deal yeah. with him. But, but right. in general, just on the field, just you know, playmaker after playmaker at the wide out position, and they they don't really have that this year to kind of unlock the offense to the same mm-hmm. level. So I think that's um something. But you know, they had the early loss to Texas and then the ugly win against I think. South Florida the following week, and they've kind of rounded back into form, just doing mm-hmm. what Bama does. And I'm sure mm-hmm. Saban kind of likes flying under the radar this year, and he's playing the disrespect card and all that. You know, mm-hmm. hey, everybody thinks that Kirby and Georgia are the, the new hotness, and they've passed us up, and let's get to a position where we can play them in the SEC championship game and, mm-hmm. and take our crown back as the kings of the yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. 
Yeah, def- definitely. I, I think they're still dangerous. Um, are they, to your point, like we said, the the super dominant Bama teams of the past? Maybe not, but I think they're still mm-hmm. dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk a little bit of coaches. This is interesting. We had a couple of coaches here. Mm-hmm. Three coaches. I'm, I'm going to start with, uh, of course, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, and Pat Narduzzi mm-hmm. from Pitt. And mm-hmm. both of them suffered tough losses, big losses um, over the weekend. Uh, Dion and Colorado uh, got beaten pretty handily by uh, UCLA, which oddly mm-hmm. enough, UCLA is so interesting now because Chip Kelly, who used to be an offensive guru, now has a dominant defensive team with UCLA. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think that's pretty interesting how they've totally switched it up. I guess they realize right. that they're not going to out-recruit USC for offensive talent. So, you know, they went to the <laughs> other side of the ball, right? Right, um, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Shadur Sanders got sacked another seven times this past game and mm-hmm. I think hit another 20-plus, and he is the most sacked quarterback in, in FBS. And mm-hmm. um, so obviously uh, Deion Sanders was asked about that post game, and he gave commentary along the lines of, basically, <laughs> we got to get new D linemen. Uh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. we got to get new O-linemen, and we're going to get them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that in – all my years of watching college football, I've ever heard a coach come out and say something like that, that mm-hmm. openly, like basically you guys suck and you will be replaced after the season mm-hmm. is over. Um, mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. You've been there. How mm-hmm. much of it is the offensive line play is terrible? How much of it is the coaching and allowing Shadur to sit back there and get killed? I mean, mm-hmm. if if I know that I don't have the old linemen to be able to protect to the level that I want to protect to let those deep routes downfield develop. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I got to do a whole lot of quick game to try and um, negate that and throw it off. How much mm-hmm. of this is Shadur? How much of this is coaching? How much of this is the online? It's a combination of everything. Um, I think the biggest thing is, which we've kind of talked about since the beginning of the season, when they first kind of got on their run, is going to be interesting how the season progresses mm-hmm. because they are lacking in, on the offensive and defensive line. Uh, one thing that you can learn is that from skill positions are kind of interchangeable. You can play quarterback at, you know, D1, D2, you know, receivers, the skill guys, you can kind of bounce those around. The biggest difference is in the linemen, and I'm just using D1 and D2 just for different no, no, no. teams and, you know, conference identity. Yeah. Um, those big bodies are important. You need those big guys to open holes. You need those big guys to plug holes. You need those guys to, to make plays in the game. Theoretically, is we're on one in the trenches. If you got a pass game, but your O-line can't block, they can't pass. If you need to run the ball, but your O-line can't open up holes, you can't run. Mm-hmm. Defense, if you can't put pressure on the quarterback, right. he's dipping all week. If you can't stop the run with the D-line, they're getting five yards of carry. That's the first down on second down. All game. <laughs> you're, you're not going to win that game. You know what I'm saying? So. Right. Um, the big bodies is, is what they're missing. And Dion is being Dion, right? Prime is going to call it like it is. And I think a lot of people respect that. And a lot of people don't know how to handle that because not everyone does it. Um, I've been a part of teams where you have heard the coaches, you know, kind of say some stuff about the O-line or say stuff about the receiver and that receiver coach or that O-line coach definitely use that as motivation of like, hey, guys, we got to get it together. Um, and I think that that's what their O-line coach is going to be doing at Colorado. Now, they still got the same players, right? They're still going to be the same weight this next week. They're still going to have the same talent. So they are actively looking to build. Like Prime said a few weeks ago, this is the worst we're going to be. 
So y'all go ahead and get on this now because once we get some some big bodies in there, imagine if they got Alabama's offensive line, or wonder if they got any SEC offensive line just yeah. size wise and put them up in Boulder, Colorado, mm-hmm. different team, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of where I feel on that. Yeah, no, great point. So let's uh, go over to the other side of the country, Pittsburgh Panthers. Pat Narduzzi, uh, my Notre Dame fighting Irish, beat the brakes off Pitt. Always happy to see that. <laughs> um, 58 to 7 this weekend. And uh, when asked about it uh, post game, Pat Narduzzi said something along the lines of, not an exact quote, but said something along the lines of, you know, we lost a lot of players uh, last year. We thought we did a good job replacing them, but apparently not. Now, mm-hmm. in fairness to Pat Narduzzi, um, Obviously, you cut you cut the hot part of the clip because that's going to get attention. But he also mm-hmm. did say, you know, we got to do a better job coaching and you could put that mm-hmm. all on me. So I want to make sure that I include that. But still, mm-hmm. the point is you have coaches that are coming out and making commentary about the players in a way that you've never heard before. And that that was another one I thought was crazy, you know, for mm-hmm. him to say, you know, we thought we did a good job replacing those players, but apparently not. That's like saying, mm-hmm. man, we brought a bunch of bums in here, you know? Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Kind of same feelings on that, that, mm-hmm. that you had with Dion, or what, what do you think? There? Yeah, yeah, same feelings. Um, players know, I like to assume that players believe in their coach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the coach who, when you listen to the entire clip, Mm-hmm. I feel like he did. He did a very good job because I heard the interview I myself, so. and and I think that he did a good job taking ownership. Like I said, hey, it starts with me. Yeah. Um, that's number one. He's going to take ownership, but he's also going to take ownership in having people being held accountable. Right. And if he doesn't voice those things, no one gets held accountable. The coach mm-hmm. can't just sit back all season and say, "Yep, this one's on me. Yep, this one's on me. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. this one's on me." O line, hey, you know, yep, that one's on me. Right. And it's not on the coach. The coach isn't playing. The yeah. coach has offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator who's calling the plays. Sometimes the head coach isn't calling the plays. He's just taking the ownership, right? So you got to put some stuff on the players. You got to have some ownership and you got to have um, reasons to get people to, to buy in and make mm-hmm. changes. Cause if you don't address them, they, they won't get changed. Got you. Okay. So my final, my final coach of the week, really uh, <laughs> going hard, man, Dabo Sweeney. Did you hear this one? Him uh, losing it on that on that I'm not gonna say losing it, but him kind of going going in on that caller, who basically yeah. was questioning his eleven and a half million dollar salary, and right. the fact that that uh, that Clemson's got a four and four record this year. Um, right. What did you think about his response? He basically let him have it. Say, hey, people like you is what's what's wrong with things today. You know, yeah. You, yeah. you 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 don't respect everything that we built here. Blah blah blah. Um, yeah. what, what did you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a Dabo, I'm a Dabo fan. Like I said that, I've said that before, and I'm a hundred percent on his side with this. Um, I think the, I'll call it arrogance and the disrespect by the caller to be speaking to the head coach of the program in that manner, mm-hmm. um, I think was was a bit much. Now I think everyone's entitled to an opinion, but to yeah. question why he's making what he's making um Davo did a great job of kind of giving him the same energy back and then mm-hmm. finishing it with the facts the facts are the facts he's changed that program around they're That's winning true. games he's everything that he said he was the lowest paid player lowest paid coach mm-hmm. um now he's one of the highest paid coach he wanted to do something and he does it and one thing that I love what he said is um you know I haven't 
failed at some things, but I'm, I'm not a failure. Like everything that he's done, he's been mm-hmm. successful. He wanted it. Yeah. He got it. He wanted to play football. He got a scholarship. He earned a scholarship at Alabama. Mm-hmm. One, he wanted to be head coach. He became a head coach. He wanted to get married. He'd been married for a long time. Um, so I think that that uh, is, 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 a, is a strong stance. And he, if you say that Dabo has not been a great coach or hasn't done great things at Clemson, um, I say shame on you. Uh, because mm-hmm. Dabo has really made a, a a difference where people didn't really know about Clemson. Right. Um. They like the Orange. They like the Tiger. But you know, they were thinking about other teams. They're not mm-hmm. rank of the rank. But then Dabo went in there. They started winning games. Started getting on college game day. Started getting games on there, and people watching their entrance, how they come down, and it was like, okay, okay. I think a lot of that was Dabo Sweeney, his coaching, and and doing what he could do for that program. Yeah, I think one of the one of the good things that he mentioned was I think he said he had won two championships in seven years. Seven and the years. only the only other two programs I can say that is uh, uh, Georgia and Alabama. So uh, definitely elite company there. So credit where credit is due. I'm not the biggest Dabo Sweeney fan. That's another story yeah. for another day. But mm-hmm. um, cre- credit where it is due in terms of bringing Clemson back to um, you know top of the sport and right. nothing. I guess nothing stays at the top forever, right? I guess unless you're saving. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, nothing, nothing stays at the top forever. And we'll see if he's able to rebuild this thing. Um, you and I talked about it on previous episodes. A big part of his issue, I think, is he's anti-transfer portal and he's anti-NIL. So mm-hmm. he's going to have to get with mm-hmm. that or lose a whole lot of recruits. That's true. Um, yeah, but I I do think that one thing he kind of missed out on, he missed the boat on the fact that the reason the caller, right or wrong, was acting the way that he was acting should have been mm-hmm. a point of flattery to Dabo because that says mm-hmm. you've built the program to this point that the expectations are far above what you're delivering here. And mm-hmm. so when you don't meet those expectations, people are going to be upset with you. And mm-hmm. so I think that Dabo should have maybe looked at it from that angle. Like I get everything right. else he said and everything he said was absolutely true. Can't argue with any of it. But maybe he should have looked at it from the opposite angle and said, you know, I totally understand the reason why you're upset. You know, we've built the standard here and this year has been obviously a down year based on the Stanford, uh, Stanford, the standard that we have tried to build here. And, you know, we're going to do our best to get it back up to where we are competing for championships next year and going forward. Like, that's all he really needed to say instead Mm -hmm. of kind of going in on the guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think he probably felt a little attacked. Um, mm-hmm. And that's probably what made him come back with that energy because yeah. I know that he's yeah. been attacked in interviews multiple times, but he would never, I don't know, never, but he, he, you could feel, you could feel that it was not the coach kind of talking to mm-hmm. you. That was him, the man kind of saying, all right, let me, let me, let me turn up a little bit. Cause you mm-hmm. just disrespected me and the work that I have done in this and, and what I've built for myself, my, his personal brand, his coaching career, like you're kind of overlooking that at this point. Right. And, and also, and this is the last thing I'll say about Dabo realistically, man, you making 11 and a half million dollars a year. You could probably buy and sell that caller, man. Don't let that dude get to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. That simple. Keep it that's that a simple. good point. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we we've gone through kind of the major storylines. Um, as always, love your insight on those. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about a couple of the games from last week that 
that you really found interesting. Normally I pick them, but this week I'll let you pick them. So I'm excited to hear uh, which games really caught your attention. Go ahead and, and let's talk about those. Yeah, just two really quick. Oregon and Utah. Mm -hmm. um, of course. Oregon, of course. Oregon uh, won. Um, I thought Utah was going to win. I thought Utah was going to be able to 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 perform or at least compete. Mm -hmm. And based on the final score, it didn't look like there was any competition at all. I think that right. was thirty. They scored one touchdown, mm -hmm. um, missed the extra point. I don't even know what happened. I mean, two field goals. See. They didn't they got, get a touchdown. Man. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the two right. field goals. Yeah. Um, even worse. Even worse. <laughs> so yeah. when they've got the offense that they've got, so a little disappointed in that. Thought they're going to have a better showing. Um, Good news, light Kansas and Oklahoma. Interesting to see Kansas win. I love when when a, when an underdog kind of comes through. And Kansas has been strong. Um, they beat Illinois early. That was their second game of the season. That's probably how they've just got on a roll and just just became such a great team because they beat Illinois. Um, we'll never know. I like to think that that's probably what it's from. Um, but yeah, so that was that was cool uh, to see Kansas to see Kansas beat Oklahoma. So those are really my two just kind of interesting games um, that really kind of stuck out for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think we know that Utah is extremely well coached. We know they're physical. They defend, they run the ball, et cetera. But I think that this time, um, you know, we talk about styles making fights and mm -hmm. they didn't have the style to be able to compete with Oregon. They're the same type of team, but Oregon's talent, I think, is more high end this year mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. it ended up being that Oregon just too much for him um yep so you know credit where credit is due and I think also this win uh was it uh, Utah was number 13 at the time um well they were number 13 now I guess but this win yeah. uh helped contribute to the high uh the high opinion that the college football playoff committee has of Oregon I think they went mm -hmm. in there hostile stadium and really you know shut those guys down and and played great um, 35 to six, man, that that's a tough one. And I did not, I thought Oregon was going to win. I didn't expect mm -hmm. him to body Utah like that. Me and, either. um, you know, the pig farmer, uh, he, he turned back into a pumpkin. So, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> but at the same time, you, you know, and I know there are sometimes the talent just doesn't match up and doesn't mm -hmm. matter how well you scheme or how well you execute the, the talent in college. A lot of time makes a difference. Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. that's right and uh yeah and and the second game you mentioned was which one i'm sorry uh kansas kansas yeah. being, um oklahoma so shocker Oops. definitely a mm -hmm. shocker and the mm -hmm. funny thing i've been hearing about lance leipold um uh, uh kansas's head coach for a while now saying he's a real bright up-and-coming type guy um mm -hmm. and i'm like hmm, okay so i'm watching this game mm -hmm. and i keep waiting for oklahoma to explode and i'm like mm -hmm. okay <laughs> on Oklahoma, time. <laughs> let's go Sooners, right. And, you know, um, this is not even one of those that I put on Oklahoma. I say all credit due to Kansas. They really mm -hmm. uh, they really played well and, and did what they had to do, and that hurt Oklahoma. And realistically, since the Texas game, Oklahoma hasn't quite looked the same. Uh, their defense is giving up a lot more in terms of yards, in terms of points. Mm -hmm. uh, they're mm -hmm. not looking as good as they looked earlier in the season. We'll see if Brent Venables can get him back on track. But Again, I think if they finish strong and end up winning the Big 12, which is going to be a tall order because they will likely play Texas in a rematch in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, so, right. you know, if they could end up beating Texas twice and winning that conference championship, they'll be in the playoff, I think. Um, mm -hmm. Now, who they could beat in the playoff, 
again, very interesting. This, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, gotta love college football, man. That's that's why we're here. It's the best. It's the yeah. best. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I, I I don't I don't like everything about it, but it really is exciting just because mm-hmm. there's so many variables. So many, so many variables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think. Yeah, all credit due to Kansas. I think they played really well. They're continuing to play well. I'm just curious to see if Lance Leipold um, stays at Kansas or if somebody like a Michigan State or somebody ends mm-hmm. up throwing him a boatload of cash to go there and, and rebuild their program. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, we will see. Um, okay, uh, any games you're looking forward to uh, this weekend coming up? Or just going to kind of sit back? And yeah, this it? week, going to sit back. Um, Georgia, Missouri. Interesting ah, to see that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Just because Georgia's rolling, mm-hmm. you know, now that the college football rankings are out, mm-hmm. you know, there's everyone's seen them, everyone's talking about them. Now right. all eyes are are on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a team like Missouri who's sitting at 12, yeah. this is a huge game. Huge game. There's a lot of excitement in there. Again, they're like, okay, this 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 is a team who's won the national championship and who is mm-hmm. currently competing for the national championship. Yeah. We go in here, we could have put good showing. That's a good chance for us, right? The seniors, the anyone who's playing, they're like, "Look, I get some good film on Georgia. I'm oh, this could be this could be it." So, um, it's gonna be. I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see that. And then, These of guys, course, Alabama and LSU at night. That'll right, be, that'll right. be that'll be good to watch too. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Georgia hasn't lost a game. I heard it today since 2021. Like that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy. And this wow. Georgia team is not as good as those Georgia teams, but they're still mm-hmm. really good. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's kind of cool to see, you know, we, we both live in Jacksonville, Florida here. It's kind of cool to see Jacksonville's own Carson Beck, um, quarterback of, of the Georgia Bulldogs, really playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, you know, covering him when he was in high school, Mandarin High School. So uh, re- cool. really good. Yeah, I didn't think that he was going to turn into this. I really didn't. Um, but That's awesome. hey, yeah, yeah. Congrats he's to here. him. Yeah, he's here. Absolutely. He's here now. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah, this week definitely that uh um was that Georgia, Missouri, Eli Drinkowitz yeah. really has the Tigers playing well. Um, I'll tell you what's gonna be another one. Uh and the Sooners gotta be real careful here. Bedlam, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. And mm-hmm. I can't remember the mm-hmm. name, the the running back for Oklahoma State. I think he's been over 200 yards in like his last three games. Like the kid is killing right now. And wow. so, yeah, he's, he's uh, let's see. Ah, Ollie Gordon. There we go. Yep. yep. Yeah. So he's got 141 carries and 1,087 yards on the season. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. He's going insane. He's going insane. That's so, awesome. so, you know, Brent Venables is spending a tremendous amount of time prepping the run defense here. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you what's sad about that quick note is that this is the last time for the foreseeable future that Bedlam is going to be played with Oklahoma now moving into the SEC. So that's a tough one. I'm yeah, surprised yeah. they didn't negotiate to try to keep that game on their schedule, but I guess everyone doesn't uh, necessarily have that power. But yeah, definitely some uh, some some good games this weekend. Um, Colorado's going to have another tough one. They got to deal with Oregon State. I don't yeah. know how they're going to be able to stop the run, like we talked about. Yeah. They're weak in the defensive mm-hmm. line. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Washington and USC. That'll be good. Yeah, and that's in that Seattle. Uh, I don't know good. if it's I, – I think you want to see the quarterback matchup, but just the way USC is playing lately, I think Washington is very capable of lighting them guys up if they get it rolling. Mm-hmm. 
because <laughs> we we've seen what what Washington can do. But yeah, it definitely got mm-hmm. some good games on the slate this weekend, mm-hmm. man. Um, lo- looking forward to that. But uh, Ryan, I'm a, I'm gonna let you go, man. Uh, as always, great 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 thoughts from you on on the sport. Um, you got anything to add before I let you get out of here? No, man, I'm good. Glad to do it again. I appreciate you. All right, man. Well, we will catch up next week. Sit back, enjoy the games, enjoy that bedlam. And by the way, I did not hear you uh, mention Notre Dame at Clemson. <laughs> now, now Clemson is four and four, but I tell you what, they still got athletes. And um, believe me, Dabo will have those guys remembering the butt whooping we put on them in South Bend last year. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so oh, I think yeah, that game is going to be a, a little more difficult than than Irish fans would like to uh, would like to think it'll be. So. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. So you get your weekend started with that at uh, noon on Saturday. There you go. I'll be, That's I'll be locked in. I'll be <laughs> locked in. <laughs> all right, my brother. You have a good one, man. And uh, for all of you uh, listening and watching, please, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe, that like, and that notification bell. Appreciate you. We'll be back for the next episode, and we're out. Peace.